Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the 415ers. We have only one subject every time, all the time. Your San Francisco 49ers. I don't know the facts. News, analysis, and a whole lot more. From lifelong San Francisco residents, what a bonanza. Your hosts, Bonte Hill and Joe Shasky. Ah, yes, yes, yes. No, Bonte Hill's not with us. He's on assignment because of Warrior duties and their playoff runs as of late. But I am here, your boy, Joe Shasky, and we are going to dive deep into the San Francisco 49ers. The offseason is still in the middle of it. And yes, we got some news about the regular season because the schedule was released. And look, only in the NFL, when the schedule is released, can you get excited. And specifically for the San Francisco 49ers, I think this is a great schedule for them overall. Um, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo coming back as a backup, whether you believe that Trey Lance is going to be the guy and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be gone, or whether you believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is still going to be the guy under center, we'll get to that in a second. I love where this schedule is kind of shaking down. You look at the early part of the year and – there's some winnable games. Let's just say, hypothetically, it is Trey Lance. Well, starting against the Chicago Bears, who we saw last year in Chicago, does it get more iconic than that, number one? And number two, what a soft landing spot. This feels a lot like Detroit last year opening at Detroit for the 49ers and kind of how it set the tone for the early part of the season. Then you get Seattle at home, and that'll be your home opener for the San Francisco 49ers. One of those rare early, early season hot, Levi Santa Clara days at one o'clock, but Seattle has no quarterback. It'll be the first game Niners versus the Hawks. No Russell Westbrook, no Russell Wilson, excuse me. <laughs> what am I? I'm in basketball mode. No, but this can be awesome. And then obviously then you get the primetime slate. You get the Broncos at Broncos, another Russ Wilson game. Then you get the Rams at home Monday night or ESPN, a little Aikman, a little buck. Sign me up for that. And then it kind of softens there. You get a little Carolina, Atlanta. Then you get Patrick Mahomes, a rematch of the Super Bowl going way back when. Rams again, and I'll get to them in a second. Then you get the bye week in the middle of the season. Chargers, Cardinals in Mexico City. Gotta love that matchup, especially if you're the 49ers. And then week 12, you got the Saints again, finally, coming to the West Coast, the Saints are. You get the Dolphins. 
Where's Tua at at that particular point, week 13? Then you get Tom Brady on the schedule. He's coming to town. Tom Brady, a little homecoming. First time since, what, five, six years ago when New England showed up and the Niners were terrible. Um, Then you get at the Seahawks late in the year. They might be battling for a top seed at that point. Then you get the Washington Commanders, the Oakland Raiders, on January 1st. We'll get to that in a minute. And then you get the Cardinals, week 18. That feels like that's going to be a big one. But if I'm just looking at the totality of the season – I think this is a really nice schedule for the 49ers. Now, I don't know what's going to happen when it comes to injuries. I'm not sure what's going to happen when it comes to, you know, where the team is at for this particular year. I mean, they hit a cold streak last year and then found a way to rebound down the stretch. And even though they had a lot of tough games, they won at Cincinnati. You know, they had that Titans game. They were winning that game, should have won that game. They went on the road week 18 and beat the L.A. Rams. So I like the way it starts out, though, because a couple of two cupcakes at the beginning of the year, Bears, Seahawks, you feel like if Trey Lance is that guy, you feel like that's a great spot for him to start off the year, kind of ease his way into it. But from a travel perspective, forget the team for a second, from a travel perspective, You get Cubs-Giants the same exact weekend as Bears-Niners. I'm doing a little baseball, football cross-promotion. People are already ready to go to Chicago for that that, uh, particular matchup. That is September 11th, 9-11 in Chicago. I mean, sign me up for that. Home opener, obviously, is something that's special to me. Gone to almost every single home opener for the entirety of my life. I've had season tickets going back to Candlestick. Seahawks, arrival, get them out of the way, bang out Pete Carroll with no Russ. I, I'm down for that. And then you start all the primetime games. Week three at Denver, which you'll avoid the cold. That's a good thing. But you get to see Russ under the, the, the lights, if you will, in Colorado. That'll be pretty sweet. Come back home. Face the Rams on Monday Night Football. I always love Monday Night Football. It still has the cachet for me. I'm excited about that. The only thing I'm I'm wrong, uh, a little frustrated with, with the schedule makers, is that you get the Rams week four and you get them week eight. I would like to wait on the Rams games till a little later in the season. Maybe you get them out of the way and, and you put a little dent in the defending champions, but... I would like to go to L.A. later in the year when the rest of the country's colder to play them week eight, basically on the night before Halloween, October 30th, down in L.A. at SoFi Stadium, the place of the NFC Championship game. That's a little frustrating, but I love that the very next week after a physical bruising game that I expect, you get the bye week, and then you get yourself ready to go. Um, I'm just looking at some of these other ones. you got a Sunday night football game against the Chargers, week 10. You'll have a full two weeks to prepare for the Chargers, so kind of a – Back-to-back against the L.A. teams, eight by week nine, go face the Chargers at 10. That would be a fun one at home. Get to see Herbert up close and personal. Mexico City, I mean, that's a great travel destination. Why not go see the 49ers play the Cardinals in Mexico City? I remember way back when when the Niners played the Cardinals like 10, 15 years ago in Mexico. That's that's always a fun one, and I, who doesn't love Mexico? New Orleans on the road week 12, normally that's where they go. They go on the road to face New Orleans. I can't remember the last time they faced New Orleans at home. To me, just off the top of my dome, feels like the last time they faced New Orleans at home was that playoff game where Dante Whitner beheaded Pierre Thomas. So that's a good one. Um, usually right right around Thanksgiving, November 27th. That That's a good little matchup. Uh, interesting in the sense that I have no idea how good or how bad the New Orleans Saints are going to be. Could Jimmy Garoppolo be the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints? I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far. Um, but then you obviously get Tom Brady, Week 14. Love that one. You get a Thursday night football 
against Seattle in Seattle. That will be fun late in the year. Probably going to be wet and cold. So that's a great destination game. Washington at home. You got to think there'll be a lot of commander, uh, old school Washington fans showing up to Levi Stadium. That one's exciting. But I think the biggest game on the schedule in terms of tourism has to be the first ever Las Vegas San Francisco 49er matchup in Vegas on New Year's Day. This one is selling like hotcakes. It's already one of the highest priced tickets out there. Should be really, really exciting. I'm looking at the schedule as a whole just for, for a fan. And I think this is a fun schedule. You got Chicago on there. You got Mexico on there. You got Denver. When it's not super snowy, it's still going to be decent weather um, before November. You get Vegas in Vegas on New Year's Day. Are you kidding me? You get Tom Brady at home. You get the Seahawks on Thursday night football in the middle of December up in Seattle. Got to love that one. Uh, There are some fun matchups here. If you like Atlanta, you want to fly out to Atlanta. The one I'm circling in terms of home dates that I think is going to be the outside of the divisional rivals, you know, the the NFC West guys, you got to love Brady and Patrick Mahomes coming to Santa Clara. That is awesome. Like, sign me up for that. I know the Niners have played the Chiefs in the preseason recently, um, but seeing Patrick Mahomes at home, I mean, who doesn't want to see that? Who doesn't want to see our young gunslinger, hopefully, Trey Lance? And we'll get to Jimmy Garoppolo in a second. Um, and, and, and Patrick Mahomes duel it out. Andy Reid, come to San Francisco. I'm here for that. I am totally here for that. And if you don't want to go to that game, how about the other AFC West opponent? Go see Justin Herbert and the Chargers, one of the most explosive, best fantasy teams in football with all their wide receivers and all their talent. And you get to see Bosa go up against Bosa, even though they won't be on the field at the exact same time. Khalil Mack coming back to to, uh, Santa Clara. This is just a fun, exciting schedule. I, I really like it. And only the NFL, Major League Baseball and the NBA, none of them can stop the sports world where it's at talking schedule these games aren't going to happen for six months and we are stuck gripped looking at the schedule now i'm not going to give you a prediction i I gotta see who the quarterback is i gotta see what they're going to end up doing in free agency but this is fun what i found interesting wasn't the regular season it's some of these preseason games preseason one against the green bay packers boy can't remember the Niners and the Packers ever playing in a preseason game. So that'll be interesting. I guess the LaFleur Shanahan connection, maybe there's something there that they want to practice against each other. Um, I, I don't know. Vikings at Minnesota. That's an interesting game. That's definitely interesting. And then a team that we're very familiar with, and it's going to be on prime video. You got the Texans week three. We feel like we play the Texans every year in the preseason. So interesting little schedule at the preseason level. Who's the quarterback going to be? Who's going to be on the roster at that point? I don't know. But when I'm looking at the schedule as a whole, if you're a 49er fan, you got to absolutely love everything about it. What's the toughest stretch? I, I don't know if the toughest stretch is in the very middle of the season um, where you got to go Chiefs. Rams by Chargers Cardinals, but that feels like it for me. Those four games in a five-week stretch, just on paper, not seeing these teams play a game, that feels like the hardest stretch. But I also think that you can make a case for down the stretch of the season where you got Tampa Bay, then you got to go to Seattle where even if they don't have a great quarterback, you just haven't had success up there as an organization. You get Washington, who knows where they're at with Carson Wentz at that point. Raiders in Vegas, 
Cardinals to end the season. So I think those would be my two toughest stretches. I love the beginning of the schedule in terms of ramping it up for what I believe to be Trey Lance under center. It's very, very interesting. Let us know. Uh, comment in our on our on our. Uh, feed comment on our Instagram comment on our Twitter account. Let us know. Is there a game on the schedule that you want to go to? What's the game you want to see for me? I'm going to tell you right now. It's Mahomes and Brady at home. Sign me up all day. And it's the two games against the Rams, both home and away. You got to go check out SoFi stadium. It's going to be awesome. I would love to go to the Raider game. And I know plenty of people will. I've already talked to Monte about this. He definitely wants to go. I just don't know if I can afford to go to that bad boy because your boys kind of typed out, tapped out financially. So um, it's just, it's an incredible time to be an NFL 49er fan because when the schedule gets released, you get giddy, you start looking, that's a win, that's a loss. I'd like to go to this stadium. Um, and having been to SoFi Stadium, I got to say that is one of the coolest venues in professional sports uh, just across the board. I would highly recommend going to check that out. Man, what's the game that you want to see if you're a 49er fan? Is there one on this bad boy in particular that you're looking at and you're saying, I absolutely have to go to that? And, uh, you know, could Jimmy Garoppolo be on one of these other teams that you end up facing come week one? Is a trade consummated? Is he released? Is Trey Lance the starter? I don't know, but we're going to get into it. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. You're listening to the 415ers. I'm Joe Shasky. Bonte Hill is out this week. You know, he's got a little warrior basketball and he's a little under the weather, so I'm taking over. We're trying to release these podcasts more often. You can find them wherever you find podcasts, whether it's uh, in, in Apple Podcasts, whether it's Spotify, if you're listening to us on the Odyssey app, we greatly appreciate your support. Hit subscribe. Rate and review. Leave us questions, comments. I was asking about the schedule. What's the game that you want to go to? If you could only pick one on the road for the San Francisco 49ers this year. Um, let's talk about the Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance thing that's going on right now. You're hearing a lot of people in the media talking about Trey Lance not being ready. It's interesting to me because Trey Lance, um, I thought, showed a lot of promise in training camp last year when I went and saw him. I think the two games that he ended up playing, the two-and-a-half games, there's some context behind the performance, both good and bad, because you saw a little bit of both 
um, if you're being fair and, and you're being honest, there were some things that you showed some promise with. And there's a lot of things that he needs to clean up. I mean, he's a 21 year old player coming from division two football and there's a leap that needs to happen for him. And I think seeing the field slowing down the play calling, matching up with his abilities, um, him being more accurate, uh, him making the right decisions. There's a lot of things that need to go into that, but a lot of people are coming out and basically questioning whether he's ready or not. And I just don't buy it at this point. It's just a lot of media fluff. You've got a lot of circumstantial evidence to support that everything's not on the up and up. First off, the 49ers coaching staff, if you just look at it as a whole, uh, they hired Lance Lynn, uh, excuse me, uh, they hired the old coach, uh, Anthony Lynn, excuse me, from the, the L.A. Chargers. They brought him as an offensive coordinator assistant, if you will. We all believe that Shanahan's the number one guy. So a lot of the offensive coordinators have either gone on to other jobs um, or these coaches have gone on to other jobs or it's just a new guy in a new spot this year. You're hearing a lot of people reference these coaches and say, hey, this coach told me that they're underwhelmed with Trey Lance. Well, what coach is that? Is that a coach who's currently on the staff? Is that someone who's been in New York the last two years with Robert Sala? Is that one of these coaches that's now on the staff of Mike McDaniels in Miami? Is this Rick Scangarello, the quarterback coach, who clearly, after hearing all the comments that have come out from him and certain podcasts that he's done, um, was not impressed with Trey Lance because he likes a more traditional Kirk Cousins-style quarterback? Clearly, from some of his comments from a podcast that he was featured on, he is now the coordinator for the University of Kentucky uh, Rick Scangarello was the quarterback coach of the 49ers. He basically came out and said, yeah, you know, I like a guy who's just going to get rid of the ball on time. I don't want a guy who's going to extend the play. Um, I don't want a guy who was going to be running around all that much. It sounded to me like he was the main guy who's no longer with the organization, but he's the main guy who really wanted Mac Jones um, or even Jimmy Garoppolo and didn't want to coach up nor for the team to take Trey Lance. And to me, that's more of an indictment on where Rick Scangarello is in terms of modern quarterback evaluations than it is an indictment on Trey Lance. Sounds to me like Rick Scangarello is going to be bouncing around. Just look at his resume. Um, but there's a lot of chatter, a lot of chatter across the media on where the quarterback is right now, Trey Lance. I think he's fine. I think he's fine. I think he's been working out on his own, on his own mechanics. Clearly, he's been working with Brandon Ayuk. To me, all of this chatter, to me, is more fuel for why another team should increase their trade offer for Jimmy Garoppolo. There's a lot of posturing going on right now because Jimmy G had the surgery. He can't throw right now. He's still kind of resting up, rehabbing, trying to get that arm ready. It sounds like he won't be able to throw for another couple of weeks. Maybe John Lynch had a trade in place. He said he did. I don't know if I even believe that at this point, but they're holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo until they can find a trade partner. Uh, you know, on the other side of this, what team wants to trade for an injured quarterback who's mediocre making $25 million? So there's a lot going on. And I feel like all of this Trey Lance chatter that's going on to me is the smoke, whereas the Jimmy Garoppolo thing is the fire, meaning that Jimmy Garoppolo still on the roster is creating all of this hyperbole wrapped around Trey Lance. Once they shed Jimmy G, I have a feeling that you're going to see the organization, you're going to see the media, you're going to see some of his teammates as well, wrap both their arms around Trey Lance. They, they've got to do the politicking in the media to increase the value of Jimmy G, whether you and I believe that he's a third rounder, fourth rounder, has zero value or not. And there's a lot of beat writers that have been coming out as of recent saying that it sounds to me like Jimmy Garoppolo, once he's healthy, is going to request his release um, from the 49ers. So that way he could choose his destination and be a little more in control of where he lands and the opportunity that's next. And, you know, I, I just think Jimmy Garoppolo and his agent have completely 
you know, cornered the 49ers into this situation, uh, getting the surgery, which we knew he was going to get. He hurt his thumb, he hurt his shoulder against Tennessee. He was playing hurt. That's why he missed week 18. That's why Trey Lance got to play. Uh, but the timing of him getting the surgery, you know, weeks after the season ended, cut into his availability for OTAs and training camp. Not that he would have been 100% healthy, but no team wants to trade for an injured player. I don't think any team wants to trade for a $25 million quarterback who's not that great, to be quite frankly, either. So I'm going to be very interested to see what ends up happening as we go from May to June. And once we get into June, that to me feels like we start to get into that, all right, is there truly a trade partner or are the 49ers going to just end up having to release Jimmy Garoppolo? And then what does that do for Trey Lance? Does that empower him? Um, are they waiting to see Trey Lance in OTAs before they make a decision on Jimmy Garoppolo? I feel like they've decisions already been made. You don't trade three first-round draft picks and move up in the draft as aggressive as the 49ers did if you don't love the player and want to fall in love with him. Now, could he underwhelm you a little here and there? Yeah, that's definitely a certain a certain possibility. We saw with Josh Rosen and the Arizona Cardinals. They weren't enamored with him and moved off him after one year and went up and got Kyler Murray number one overall because that was the pick that they ended up having after the horrible year they had before. So it has happened. It's unlikely. That was an outlier Kyler Murray situation. Josh Rosen, I believe, is just a non-NFL player, hence why he's bounced around so often. You've seen in the two and a half games Lance played, the game where he came in at halftime for Jimmy Garoppolo when he got hurt, I don't think the team was prepared for him to play at that time. I don't think the coach was prepared for him to play at that time. The play calling felt very scared. The quarterback felt overwhelmed. He was out of sync. I think the play calling didn't mesh what he does well. And that's why they didn't look good in that second half against the Seahawks. So I kind of throw a lot of those numbers away. The game that he started against Arizona, Trey Lance did, that one is a little more interesting for me because I just didn't love the game plan in that one. He ran a lot. I felt like he was running for his life. He didn't have his primary playmaking weapon and George Kittle out there. And, you know, the team kind of let him down in terms of protection um, and playing complimentary football. And I thought that the head coach let him down by with a scared playbook, um, too many runs. He ends up jamming his knee in that game. Uh, and they had an opportunity to win that game against at the time, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Then you fast forward to week 17, the home game against the Texans. Jimmy Garoppolo has to miss it. You can't lose a game. Your, your season's on the line. Trey Lance is under center. And the first half was miserable. He was missing shots across the field. He was late in processing. I thought the play calling was was scared, um, running him a little too much. And then, boom, second half, whether he was comfortable, whether the play calling was better, whether the team just elevated their play around him, whatever it was, he looked totally different. And those are the kind of quantum leaps that I'm going to point to. That second half against the Texans, to me, was all the promise I need to feel confident heading into this offseason. That was a must-win game at home against a team. You could dismiss the Texans all you want. They were playing hard in that game and played very hard down the stretch of the NFL season. That was a team that does have a pretty decent defense. Uh, where their number one playmaker got signed by the Chiefs because he's so good, Justin Reed, Eric Reed's little brother. So I don't dismiss the Texans game at all. In fact, I highlight that one. That's a must-win game where the 49ers look dynamic and totally different in that second half. And Trey Lance gets a lot of credit for that. And to me, that's the thing that I'm going to hold on to. When everyone says he's not ready, he's never – well, explain the second half against the Texans to me. 
Explain the deep bombs and the deep boot action. Explain to me the quick processing and the rifling it into small windows on slants. Uh, you know, explain to me some of the deep third down plays that he made to George Kittle and Debo and Ayuk. I thought Trey Lance showed tremendous poise, tremendous maturity, growth, and in-game evolution from the kid at 21 years old in a must-win pressure pack game. Dilute the Texans all you want. That was a must-win game for the Niners to get into the playoffs. I'm really interested to see how much better he gets in this offseason. They say the best you know, time for a player to develop is between his first year and his second year, that rookie year into that first full offseason. Sounds like he's been working on his delivery. Sounds like he's been working on his footwork, his core strength. He's been obviously working synergy-wise with Brandon Ayuk. It feels like the Debo saga is kind of past us, although the extension hasn't come through. I'd like to see him work with Debo Samuel a little more. So there's a lot to really like about Trey Lance. There's a lot of development. There's a lot of project that needs to be completed in terms of his overall arc, but I feel good. And this whole narrative about him not being ready, I think it's fool's gold. And I think a lot of people are going to be changing their tune after OTAs when he gets a chance to shine and show that he has taken a step forward. I think once Jimmy Garoppolo's off the roster, everything will fall into place for this young man. I'm actually looking for an awesome year from the kid. I don't think he's going to carry this team because I don't think that's what they ask of their quarterback. But I think he understands the magnitude of what he's trying to accomplish right now. It's not just be a functional player in the NFL. You got to be better than Jimmy G. That's what we're expecting day one. And you know what? I think those expectations are fair. And I think Trey himself has already committed to trying to exceed those expectations. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm excited for this kid's progress. And I'm also excited to just finally close the book on the Jimmy G thing. He's a great player for this team for a long time. We appreciate all his contributions. But we all understand, as Niner fans, when they made this move to go get Trey Lance, they were going to put him in this spot at some point. And that time is now. And they need clarity in that locker room. They need clarity outside that locker room, outside that building. I want all this chatter about him not being ready to just vanquish. And I think once Jimmy's gone, once OTAs happen, training camp begins, and he shows himself a little, I think all those things are going to fall into place. And we're going to look back on this time of the Trey Lance not ready stuff. I think we're going to chuckle. I think we're going to laugh. And I'm excited for it. And I know Bonte, who's not on the podcast today, I know what Bonte is going to say. I'm coming for you, every single one of you who doubted this kid. It's going to be an interesting time if you're a 49er fan. And another thing, while we're talking about the quarterback play, and I referenced, obviously, Debo Samuel, who you know is following the 49ers now on Instagram, so that's a good thing. Contract hasn't been consummated yet in terms of his extension. He's still under contract. But you know who else could help this young quarterback? Or whether they keep Jimmy Garoppolo, which I find doubtful. There's a guy by the name of Alex Mack. Sounds like Alex Mack was around 49er headquarters. Now, there were photos that were floating around, some saying it was him, some saying it wasn't him. I was under the impression that the starting center who came out of Cal, played with the Browns, the Falcons, you know, had a really good year for the 49ers last year. I was under the impression he was gone. I was under the impression he wasn't going to come back. Sounds like to me... Sounds like to me he's going to be coming back. Now, I have nothing other than a than some gut and just reading the tea leaves and from what everything everyone has said. I, I think they would have signed somebody. I think they would have added a rookie to the mix if they were going to bring somebody in to play that center position. So I'm interested to see if Alex Mack comes back. And if he doesn't, 
that's another hole that I'm worried about. But if you want your young rookie to hit the ground running, boy, it'd be nice to have Alex Mack back, wouldn't it? I mean, geez, Louise, I would love to have Alex Mack. And I'm just looking at this offensive line as a whole. You got Trent Williams. You obviously got Aaron Banks coming back. They, they made a couple of draft picks that everybody thinks promising picks, uh, tackle that could maybe play some guard. Um, we, we saw Compton last year at times look serviceable. McGlinchey looks like he's going to come back at some point. I think he'll start the year on the pup. But I, I think this offensive line, Brunskill's obviously still here. I think there's going to be some continuity, and I think it's going to be actually sneaky better than what it was last year because of that continuity and because of some of that added depth, which they de- desperately need. I really liked what I saw in a small amount of time from Jalen Moore. I think there's some growth there. Maybe he gets kicked to the inside. He's a really large human being. It's fun watching him battle in one-on-ones against this elite defensive line. But I'm just looking at this offensive line right now, and if Alex Mack does come back, I think the entire organization is going to reap those benefits. And it'd be interesting because I really think this team is in a position to contend for a Super Bowl. And why would you want to walk away if you're so close to a Super Bowl if you're Alex Mack and you've yet to you know, reach that promised land? I'm excited to see if that can happen. There's obviously other free agents that are available for the 49ers. I've been clamoring for, for Julio Jones. He's still out there. 49ers selected a couple of wide receivers uh, in the draft. His kid Gray looks absolutely fantastic thus far. Looks like a blazer. I think that could help both quarterbacks, um, preferably, though, Trey Lance because of the deep bomb element. You'd love to see that. Um, so I think there's a lot going on right now when I look at that offense. They've got a new running back from LSU. You're still incorporating some of the guys from last year. Dare I say this has an opportunity to be the most explosive offense since Hurst, Garcia, and T.O.? Does it? Is this the most explosive offense since Frank Gore? Vernon Davis, Michael Crabtree, Randy Moss. You tell me. I mean, that Delaney Walker as a second tight end, that was a pretty explosive team, and it really kicked into high gear when they had Colin Kaepernick. How are you feeling about the offense right now? You know, leave a comment in our, in our feed. Let us know where you're at on this one. I'm, I'm really excited for the 49ers right now in this offseason, and I'm really excited for the 49er quarterback position. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, you're listening to the 415ers, uh, minus Bonte Hill. He's out on assignment. He's doing a bunch of warrior stuff. He's a little drained right now. So I'm Joe Shasky. Hit like, subscribe, comment. You can find us wherever you find podcasts. We talk 49ers 365 all year round. We're going to try to make these uh, episodes get downloaded with more frequency over the next couple of weeks because it's kind of a dead time in the NFL. We've done the schedule. We've talked about the quarterback. And now let's get in to the defense, and specifically Nick freaking Bosa. Now, 
Nick Bosa has been everything this team has ever wanted in a generational pass rusher and then some. Now, he missed some time with the ACL injury. I think that was a devastating blow to the 2020 season. But when I look at this 49er team moving forward, one of the seminal draft picks for this organization has been Nick Bosa. I mean, he has just been double-digit sack after double-digit sack and impact beyond the numbers in terms of double teams, in terms of freeing up some of the teammates that play alongside of him or opposite him on that defensive line. PFF did a new ranking lately, and they were breaking down all the best players in the NFL. Obviously, Nick Bosa being one of the highest-touted, highest-rated, highest-graded player in the NFL, specifically on that defensive side. Is this the year Nick Bosa is going to get a defensive player of the year? It's going to happen. It's going to happen, I think, at some point for this young man. And I'll be very interested to see what he looks like heading into training camp. You know, the first year, his rookie year, he was hobbled by the ankle injury, missed a lot of time. We didn't see him in preseason. Started the year off, was more of a situational pass rusher. Instantly became a starter and an impact starter. Went from being a guy that was single-covered to immediate double coverage by the time they got to that playoffs and Super Bowl. He is an integral part of what they want to do. And I look at this defensive line and how this team has gone from one of the worst teams in the league to being a perennial playoff team two out of the last three years and heading to that NFC Championship game in two out of those three years, one time to the Super Bowl. And it starts with guys like Nick Bosa. And Nick Bosa is is not alone because they have Eric Armstead, who they paid to play a little outside, but it feels like now they're going to kick him back to the inside where he's more of his natural position. And I think that helps Nick Bosa. I think a healthy Javon Kinlaw is going to help Nick Bosa. Boy, they could really use Kinlaw to just be healthy and be similar to what he was in 2020 down the stretch because I think we're underrating the young man. His size, his explosion. He has an opportunity to have a big bounce back year this year, and I think the guy who can help benefit from that bounce back is Nick Bosa. Is this the year Nick Bosa can get 17, 18, 19, 20 sacks again and get all the pressures and all the strips and all of the glory that comes with one of the high-touted players who become Defensive Player of the Year? I'm going to be very interested to see where he is heading into the year in terms of his body. Where are they at with that contract? We've heard that the 49ers have allocated money for him. We know that they exercise the fifth-year option. I have a feeling that if it's not this year, maybe it's the middle of the year, maybe it's the end of, of the year and, and into the beginning of the next year. They got something drafted for him, and it's going to be in the $30 million annual average range, um, and he deserves every single penny of it. I love Nick Bosa. I love what he represents for this team, the tenacity, the motor, um, and I'm very interested to see what the rookie can do opposite him. Drake Jackson, drafted out of USC, who made his appearance at rookie camp, looked pretty good. Looked pretty good from what all reports I'm seeing. And uh, no other guy could benefit more from that than, than Nick Bosa. We know when this Niner team is nice and healthy and they had D Ford and Eric Armstead and, De- and DeForest Buckner and Nick Bosa, they had no other higher pressure sack rate in the NFL over the last 15 years than those four when they were out on the field. Can they replicate that magic? Can they get back there? Can Nick Bosa continue to get better at stuffing the run? Can he continue to be a complete pass rusher and finish and get more sacks this year because there's a guy opposite him consistently who can at least make teams honor them and force a tight end to chip every now and then on that side or force some double coverage on the inside to account for Eric Armstead? I got a feeling the 49ers defensive line 
It's going to be better this year than even what it was last year. And it was a strong part of the team last year. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how this offseason is going for Nick Bosa with all the chatter on Debo Samuel, you know, and, and he's been so outspoken. Where are they at with Bosa? Where's he at? What's he looking for financially? You know, are, are we going to have him hold out? People are worried about the Bosa's and the Bosa family and how they make money. What's going to end up happening with Nick Bosa and his contract situation? And how does that affect this team? Or does it not affect them at all? How does that affect his play? How is his play affected? Because Eric Armstead is going to play primarily on the inside. I don't have the answers right now, but I'm very interested to see. And I think when the NFL does their top 100, I got this feeling Nick Bosa is going to be in the top 15 overall. All players in the NFL. I think he's going to be up there real, real, real high. I think he has a chance to have a special, special season. And if they can play complimentary football and get more leads this year, maybe he has more opportunities to pin his ear back and get more sacks on the quarterback, more hits, more pressures. You know, with no Russell Wilson in the division, can I account for a couple more sacks because Drew Locke's not as nimble? Maybe, maybe. Uh, I'm just looking around the NFC West right now as we're kind of doing schedule talk. We talked a little bit about Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49er quarterback situation, the offensive line, obviously did some Nick Bosa stuff. I'm just looking around the NFC West right now, and I've got my eye on the Arizona Cardinals situation. You know, uh, the Arizona, who we referenced earlier, Arizona, who we referenced earlier as I sip my coffee, they got a quarterback in Kyler Murray who everyone agrees is a special talent. Now, he's got a phenomenal arm. I've watched him at Levi's multiple times. He's so fast. He's so dynamic, so quick. The arm is an absolute hose, but he's little. And he's gotten hurt two of the last three years down the stretch. It sounds like he wants $150, $200 million. Him and the Cardinals, they did something bold three years ago. You know, they moved off of Josh Rosen, their first-round pick, and they brought in Kyler Murray, and everyone would agree it was an upgrade. Um, And I looked at Kyler Murray, and I said, man, you got to compete against that guy who also was in the Nick Bosa draft, for the next 10 to 15 years. And the reason I got my eye on it is because I'm going to be very interested to see how Arizona handles this contract situation with Kyler Murray. It might set precedent one way or the other, what to do or what not to do if Trey Lance can show similar promise to what Kyler Murray has shown. You know, I don't know about alienating your your quarterback. I I don't know how that's going to work. Now, I love a quarterback who's 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", 220. I want a guy who can stand in the pocket, rain, sleet, or snow, wind or, or, or none, and sling the ball down the field. There's a reason Peyton Manning played as long as he did. There's a reason Phillip Rivers played as long as he did, and Tom Brady played as long as he did. Now, are there outliers? Russell Wilson's had a great 10-year career. Absolutely. He's shown some wear and tear as of late. I want to see what happens with him in Denver. Um, has Drew Brees had a damn near 20 year career before retiring recently? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but it was ugly at the end, you know, now big Ben's a big guy and it got real ugly at the end. It gets ugly for most guys, but there is something about being a bigger, stronger guy and being able to withstand some of the punishment that you go through. And I look at Kyler Murray and, and his size. And I just, I wonder, I just wonder what's factoring in to the Arizona Cardinals being so reluctant to pay him. You know, is it just the size? Is it leadership? Is it attitude? What is it? You know, and and I look at how the modern young athlete is, and we've seen this with Debo Samuel, following, unfollowing, scrubbing his Instagram, scrubbing his social media. 
are we preparing ourselves for this two, three, four years down the line with Trey Lance? I mean, he's shown none of these signs. He's shown none of these signs as of yet. It's just, it's going to be interesting. We know that the relationship between Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers organization, it's been back and forth. It's been tumultuous at times. But I think for the most part, Jimmy Garoppolo's seen his money. And I credit the 49ers. When they acquired him, Jimmy was set to be a free agent. And they could have franchise tagged him. Instead, they gave him a boatload of money. And he's seen almost all that money. I believe he's made $130 million off the San Francisco 49ers. I think he's the highest paid 49er of all time. And so, you know, I thought that was doing the player right and giving him confidence from the organization in the player. Whether you truly believe in him or not, you know, going that franchise tag route, I do think that sends signals to the rest of the organization. And I do think that sends signals to your quarterback. So I'm going to be very interested to see how Arizona handles this because I understand why they would be reluctant if it's a size thing. I guess I kind of understand if they'd be reluctant to pay Kyler Murray because it's an attitude thing. I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's the best course of action. If I want that guy to be my franchise quarterback over the next 10 years, you got to kind of come to the table here, right? And that's where I worry when it comes to the Trey Lance thing with all this Jimmy G smoke over the last year and a year and a half. They really got to wrap their arms around this kid and they got to do what the Chiefs did with Mahomes. They got to do what the Chargers have done with Herbert. They got to do what Seattle did with Russell Wilson. You got to embrace the kid. You got to allow him to know to everyone in the building, he's our guy. And we're going to go to death. We're going to go to bed with this guy every single year. And we're going to ride and die with this kid's right arm. And I want to see them do that. And I just, I got my eye on this Arizona Cardinal thing because I got a feeling it's going to get sloppy and I got a feeling it's going to get ugly. And boy, it'd be nice to have one less team to worry about in the NFC West, in the NFC, than a team that's had your number over the last couple of years, the Arizona Cardinals. So, you know, with Russ leaving the division, you feel like you can, you know, cross off Seattle. I'm not ready to go there just yet, but it does feel like I don't fear them anywhere near as much. Could Arizona be headed for a divorce with Kyler Murray? And how would that affect the 49ers? Am I just crazy right now? Do people think I'm just, you know, grasping at straws when it comes to this one? I don't know, but I'm finding it very fascinating that they're reluctant to wrap both arms around him at this point, knowing that he kind of really upstarted their entire Cliff Kingsbury run. So just, just some things to monitor, some things to kind of chew on. And, you know, before we get out of here, we got OTAs coming up. Do you care? Do you care about the camp footage? Do you care about all the training videos and Jimmy G or there's years past or Trey Lance in a black Jersey, throwing little dots and little down routes and out routes and slants and smoke screens and deep balls and flags and posts. Do you care about those things? I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of a sucker for a good training camp video for a good OTA video. And you know, it's going to get a lot of traction right now. And, and I'm kind of here for it. I'm really excited to see the moxie, the leadership, the presence, um, the understanding from Trey Lance, now one full year in the system. I'm really, really excited for OTAs coming up. I'm really excited, obviously, for training camp, which is down the way. Um, and I just think the 49ers are in a really good spot right now. They've got some flexibility in terms of what they can do with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think at some point they're either going to release or trade him and free up some money. 
could a veteran free agent like Julio Jones um, be coming here? What happens with Alex Mack? Do we get some clarity one way or the other? Do they go shopping for a center? Um, there's a lot going on with the 49ers. They still have some safeties that are free agents. Jaquaski Tart being one of them. Do they let Hufanga just take that position? And do they look to bolster um, that second tight end spot and try to upgrade from Ross Dwelly? There's a lot of unknowns when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers right now. But I think they're in a really, really, really good spot. And I really appreciate you guys, the fans, for tapping in. It's the Fall One Fivers. I'm Joe Shasky. Rate, review, subscribe on all platforms. We're talking 49er football 24 7, 365. I'm going to uptick the frequency and how these are dropped. We're going to break this thing all down. And I love hearing from fans. Thank you. Without you guys, we don't have a show. Bonte will be on our next episode. You'll be hearing more from us. We're going to pump these things out more often. Thank you for subscribing. I appreciate everybody tapping in. Have a good one. Go Niners.